really is in this season that we uh, intersperse more poetry than, than prose as we reflect on the mystery, the, the, the mystery of the Incarnation. And as uh, I was, was thinking about the, the gift of this, uh, of Christmas, of the Incarnation, I, I came upon a passage in John 17 that really sort of that captures it. But before we, we turn there, it made me think about what is it that we really do know? You know how many things did you, you, you thought you knew at one time that now have been shown to be, you know, Wrong. Um, yeah, we've, we uh, have had eight different babies in our homes over the course of our, um, uh, Kathy and I's marriage, and three of our own and five that were foster babies. And it seemed like every time we had a baby, they would tell us to put the baby a different way. You know, in the crib, on their head, on their side, on their back, on their stomach, it doesn't matter. Well, which one is it? And this week even, you know, we were told the, the Federal Drug Administration came out and said they're, they're studying whether or not antibacterial soap really does, it benefits us more than it costs us. Because some of the chemicals in the soap that kill the bacteria also do other things to our bodies. So they're starting to look into that. And that stuff's everywhere in our house. Um, in every bathroom, even some of the popular notions of the Christmas story, particularly the wise men um, that uh, we, we celebrate. We really, you know, we talk about three wise men, but we really, if you go back to Matthew 2, never says there were three wise men. There were three gifts gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but we just sort of assumed that each one had one of the gifts. And often, because it makes for a quicker story, we have the wise men visiting Jesus at the stable in the manger. But if you go back to Matthew 2, they were already in the house. Maybe they were still in Bethlehem. Maybe they were in Jerusalem. Maybe it was a couple days. Maybe it was a year later. We just don't know some of those things, but we do know the real gift of Christmas. We know that Jesus came so that you and I could know God in a real relationship, in a vibrant, living way. John 17 Starting with verse 1, it's uh, found on page 879 in your pew Bible if you want to turn there or you can follow along on the screen. Let's pray together. Gracious God, meet us in this moment in the power of your spirit that we would know you. That we would know you beyond what we know in our head we would know you and what we feel, what we experience into the depth of our soul. May your spirit speak to us, communicate to us, commune with us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. John chapter 17, starting with verse 1. And this is the very beginning, really, of the, the prayer that Jesus is bringing at the end of his life as he reflects back on his purpose 
and what he's accomplished. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you. Since you've given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Now, if you look at verse 4, Jesus is telling us that he's, he's completed the work that was given to him. He, he's finished his work. He'd accomplished his purposes. And that work, he tells us um, back in verse 2, was that he came to give all eternal life. And then in verse 3, he says, and this is what eternal life is. That you would know God. That, that you would know God and you would know Jesus Christ. And, and by that word know, especially how John uses it throughout the gospel, it is not a knowing about. Not just knowing about, but it is knowing in the heart, in the soul. It is knowing someone face to face. That is the gift of Christmas. That you can know God directly. That I can know God in Jesus Christ. He became like you and like me so as in a sense to communicate, to translate to us the brilliance, glory of God. You even, even catch here in the passage that, that Jesus is now returning to the Father, God the Son returning to the Father, the glory He had before the world existed in verse 5 is now going to be replenished in Him. As Paul says, Jesus emptied Himself, taking on the form of a human, as we've been talking about, that the, the potter became clay. The Creator became part of the creation so that we would know Him. He removes the barriers and the distance. Jesus removes the barriers and the distance. Some of you have a similar experience as myself now in my, in my own relationship with my earthly father. There's now a barrier between us in terms of communication, in terms of, of knowing one another, and it's called dementia. I don't even think my father knows my name anymore. You know, and given all the wonders of communication that we have today, Skype doesn't help, Twitter doesn't help, Facebook doesn't help, telephones, FaceTime, you know, doesn't help in removing those barriers. I look forward to the day when healing will be ours completely and that relationship will be full again. Not in the state that it is now. Still real, but it's diminished. There are barriers between us. 
Jesus has taken those barriers away. He's removed the distance between us and our Heavenly Father, between us and our Creator, so that you can know Him. There's no frustration in the communication, no sadness in the diminished communication. Matter of fact, as we've been singing, there is joy in the gift. Often happens in this season, this happened a few months ago, though, where distance in another father-son relationship was removed. I want to show you a video of a story of a distance being removed. Returning home from deployment is an exciting time for both military members and family. Master Sergeant Joseph Martell is no exception. But he's one of the lucky ones. He got to come home early. His wife is aware of the early return, but his son has no idea. Hi, I'm Mass Sergeant Joe Martell. I uh, just returned from Afghanistan, and I'm in Brussels. Uh, surprised my son during his football game. Trading one uniform for another, the uniform of the opposing team, Sergeant Martell waited patiently as his son, number 51, played his heart out on the field, unaware of his watching father standing only yards away. In between the third and fourth quarter, referees called a meeting on the field to discuss sportsmanship, a clever disguise for a family reunion. <laughs> I had no idea what was going to happen, and all of a sudden, if he was just there, I thought he was, I don't even know how many miles, and... Next thing I know, he's standing in front of me, and I'm giving him a hug. I felt outstanding to uh, be able to surprise him like that and uh, see his reaction. A moment of genuine emotion and surprise. A family reunited and a priceless memory made. A father and son together again. You don't even know what to do. You just want to, like, jump up and down like a little kid. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm exhausted, but I'm excited to see, uh, see my son, uh, spend some good quality time with him, and uh, enjoy some football. It's a picture of Christmas at the 50-yard line. Yeah, the father and the son embracing you and I embracing with our Creator. The distance has been removed. The barriers have been removed. We can receive the gift of Christmas to know our Father, to know our Creator. There's really no better way to celebrate that than to gather at the table, to, to use the... Uh, um, elements that Jesus gave us to remember this embrace. It may not be at the 50-yard line. It may be at the table that we, we gather to receive that gift anew as he has given us um, to receive that gift. The, the bread symbolizing, signifying his body and the cup signifying his blood given for us. A real gift.
Now, we're going to do it a little different. It's, we've already, you know, blown everybody's mind in that we're having communion, and it's the third Sunday and not the first Sunday. <laughs> I know. We are radical. Woo. And today we're going to do it a little differently as well in that I'm going to ask you as you um, receive the elements, um, that we're going to de- deliver them all at the, the same time. Well, not quite the same time, and the, uh, one right after the other, and that you hold the bread and the cup. And that after you receive them, then we'll have um, the words of institution. And we will receive those gifts uh, together um, as one. Now, as you receive it, take your time. We're in no hurry. I know it might be juggling a little bit. And if need be, uh, I encourage you. (laughs) So my mom is here. She's going to tell her I talked about her. But um, my favorite memory about Christmas is my sister. And my sister loves Christmas. Even now, today, with her own family, she just decorates to the nines. And uh, she loves snowmen. There's snowmen everywhere, and there are lights everywhere. She just really gets into it. Uh, She even sent us pictures of her Christmas decorations the other day. And I thought about my sister, and we grew up in the days when you would get catalogs in the mail. And when the Christmas catalog came out, my sister would get that catalog, and when you looked at it, it was covered with post-it notes on every page of all the things that she wanted for Christmas. And she was very serious about this, and that was her ritual every Christmas. And it reminds me of what Christmas was like for us as children. You know, as children, that's the thing. You're looking for those gifts, those things you waited all year to get. And as you get older, you notice that the gifts get fewer and fewer. <laughs> and I don't know if that's because, just because of children, you get a lot of gifts, and then as you get older, you're like, eh, you know, I'm not really that focused on it. Or maybe the kinds of gifts that we give one another change. But it is a different feeling as you get older and Christmas rolls around. But even in, in today, as an adult, when I think about Christmas, and when you think about Christmas, This is probably what you think of. You think about something in pretty paper with a pretty bow on it. We take special time to wrap the gifts that we're going to give to people. It's part of the festive nature of the time that we're celebrating. And so when I think about gifts, that's what I think about. But as I was thinking about Christmas, and uh, we've been talking about real Christmas, and I love the graphic that um, Sam chose for this series um, because it's just so simple, um, so simple and and almost rustic in nature. And so when I thought about Christmas and I thought about what we were going to talk about today um, uh, for this Sunday of, of Christmas, I thought about the real gift. And for me, I think the real gift really looks more like this. It's not all the wrapping paper and the bowls that we think of about Christmas. When I think about Jesus, this is what comes to my mind. And there's a passage, a couple of scriptures that we think about more when it comes time for uh, Easter and the crucifixion. And it comes from Isaiah chapter 53. And the first two verses of that say, Who has believed what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, nothing in his appearance 
that we should desire him. And that's what I think about when I think about Jesus, how important he is, how crucial he is to this time of the year, but yet it's not about what he looked like. Because when he came, people expected him to come, you know, with all this pomp and circumstance. And yet he came as a baby. He entered the world the same way that you and I enter the world. Well, maybe not quite the same, but the same way that we enter the world, he entered the world. And he entered the world maybe in some ways not like we entered the world because most of us entered in a hospital room or maybe you did a home birth and you were birthed at home. He wasn't even in his own home, but he was in a stable with barn animals all around. And what was that like? Very simple. When I look at Jesus as he was in the world walking around, there was nothing that showed that he would have been gaudy or, you know, just really showful about who he was. He was just a simple, kind, loving person. And we don't read anything in the Bible about Jesus having this huge mansion with many rooms in it and things like that and all these exorbitant uh, furnishings. He came to earth and lived as a simple human being just like you and I. And so when I think about Christmas and I think about the real gift that is given at Christmas, I think about a box like this. No ornamentation, very simple. And no matter where people are in the world when they celebrate Christmas, they may not be necessarily celebrating Jesus, but this holiday was established because of him and in remembrance of the fact that he came. And that's an amazing thing to me. So I thought about, you know, maybe what I need to do when I think about Christmas from here on out is amongst all the packages and gifts that I place under my tree, there needs to be something that looks like this. Very simple, no bow, and as a matter of fact, empty just as a reminder of what the real gift of Christmas is. And it's not anything that I can wrap in a box because what we received on Christmas and receive on Christmas is Jesus himself and he cannot be contained in a box. And then the other amazing thing about Jesus is that that gift was given thousands of years today. And we have this saying about gifts that keep on giving. Well, this is truly the gift that keeps on giving and will continue to keep on giving. So as you sit around your table, it may be that when you go home, this has been a challenging year for you. There may not be any gifts under your tree. There may not even be a tree or Christmas decorations. Maybe it's just been a challenging time for you and you don't feel like really getting into that idea of gift giving at Christmas this year. But I want to tell you, even if you don't have any gifts under your tree, what an opportunity you have to celebrate the most important thing about Christmas. This is your opportunity to really focus on the real gift of Christmas and oh, that we all would do that. Yes, we love to give gifts and love to spend time with loved ones and to share meals we don't normally share. But we never want to forget 
about the real gift this Christmas. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you saw fit to come in a way that we all could relate to you. You came, Lord, simply in a complete vulnerability as a baby. And Lord, not in some wonderful hospital or in some wonderful home, but in a stable with animals. And Lord, as you walk this earth, you walked like many of us. You didn't have a lot of possessions. You lived from day to day. But what a wonderful gift you've given us. I don't know that our minds can really wrap around the fact that you gave us yourself. We give a lot of things to one another, but you gave us yourself. And Lord, it's our prayer today. It's my prayer today that because of what you have given us, the real gift, that we would give ourselves to you. As Brian said earlier, as an offering in response to the very real and precious gift that you have given to us. In Jesus' name we do pray and give you thanks.